0: how do we view those to whom we are doing kindness how should we view those to whom we're doing kindness how do we view ourselves when we're doing that kindness and how should we view ourselves at that time this is rabbi etzlok price with another episode of tacless talks growth oriented partial related to our podcast or to the torah portion of mishpatim a partial portion that has so many different elements different mitzvahs different components we're going to look at a short little section, a few verses, that the famed Rav Chaim Shmulevitz, uh, one of the great, great Torah sages and masters of Musser and self-development of the middle of the last century, maybe best known for his transporting his yeshiva, the Mir yeshiva, from Europe through Siberia to Kobe, Japan, then Shanghai, China, and then onto these shores and onto Israel. But... A, a, a fascinating and uh, fabulous scholar in his work, Sikhos Musser, he describes the three verses we're going to look at as the Torah's Parsha Sahased, the Torah portion of kindness. These verses are the Parsha, the source to how we view kindness, and he says that within these verses, there are Yaude Mira Sahased, the foundational elements of the character trait of kindness. What you ask are these verses? Where are the verses? So within the parsha mishpatim in chapter 22 of shemos of exodus so exodus 22 starting at verses 24 we have the section that starts out in kesef talva es ami if you lend money now if is as clearly described over there in rashi not a matter of choice but a matter of context as some of the commentaries explain there are some mitzvahs which are absolute imperatives we must Search high and low for the opportunity to do that mitzvah. It's it's Pesach. You've got to have matzah. Well, none was available in the store on my street corner. Well, go to the next block. Order it online. But you've got to get access to matzah for Pesach. There are many mitzvahs which are absolutes, and there are some mitzvahs which are contextual. They only develop if the need arises. So if there's nobody who needs a loan, there's no mitzvah to to create false situations. And, well, why don't you pretend you need money so I can fulfill the mitzvah of lending you money? This is not a mitzvah that you must generate, but if the circumstances are such, somebody needs the money, you have excess money, then you shall lend money to that party. And, again, as described in Rashi, other commentaries, and as well in this work of Recham Shmulevitz, there's an imperative that if, in fact, the situation develops and you have the capacity to be the one providing the loan that you lend the money. And when you do lend that money, the verse continues, not if you lend money to someone. It doesn't mention if you lend money to a colleague or a peer or a neighbor. In When you lend money to my nation, my nation, capital M, God talking, don't view the recipient of your loan as uh they are nobody. They're down and out. Okay. I can help them out. So I'll toss them something and try to help them out. Understand the person to whom you are lending money. They are my people. They are noble. They are dignified. They are godly. We are to view the recipient of our favor. The recipient of our chesed as very special people. Uh, well, why is it then right now that they're down and out? Not your job to figure out. And honestly, look at yourself. Was there ever a situation where you had to turn to somebody else for assistance? You never did. Your ancestors. Don't start judging them based on their circumstances. They are my people. And in fact, the verse continues, imach, that poor person who's with you, view yourself as with them. View yourself as in the same box. Thankfully, right now, technically, you don't need the loan, but that's again circumstantial. And our commentaries describe over time, it's history, a roller coaster ride. You, you think your family was always at the top social strata, always financially in a position of excess. You don't think that somewhere back, a generation or two or three, that there weren't situations where you had to come on to others for favors, and you personally, even if thank God you've got all the extra funds you could be doling out, helping others, there's no other chesed you ever need. You never need somebody's smile, somebody's upbeat comment. There's nothing that you ever have to turn to others for. View yourself as also need. There are degrees to which you are also impoverished, restricted, limited, and needing other people's favors. So number one, view him as Ami. He is my people. He is that royalty. And view yourself as Ani Imach. Also, in some manners, down and out. And right now, the tables, God forbid, could have been turned. You could have been the one who needed the loan. You don't be thankful. But view yourself through the lens of this is not an absolute. It's not a given. that I'm never going to need to turn to somebody else for help. And then the verse continues low sea low kenosha A very difficult first of all do not allow yourself to be portrayed to him don't show yourself to be as the creditor meaning don't behave as one to whom he owes something and if it's not yet the moment when it's time for him to pay back the loan don't be showing up and reminding him that uh-huh like remember you're gonna have to pay me back and in fact. Talmud explains on this verse, if in fact payday has arrived and he should be paying you back, but you know that he cannot, and he has no recourse, there's no system by which he come up with the cash, what's the use of standing there in his face and making him feel that pain and degradation? And of course, this doesn't mean that you've got to forego ever collecting in your loans, but when it's not the right time, again, either technically it's not the right time, it's not payday or practically, he cannot pay you today. Lo Cielo Kenosha, do not portray yourself as the one who is demanding that payment back. And the verse continues, that when you're going to go through this process and lend the money and I'm, I'm viewing him as special and I'm viewing myself as a, hey, tables can be turned, I can be the one in need. And I'm going through and I'm giving him a nice size loan Do not collect neshech. Do not collect interest. Maintain the altruistic stance. Lending the money to be able to lend you the money so that you can have money that I currently don't need, that you do need. And this, uh, not for now, there are systems through which one can legitimately charge interest if that's going to best facilitate that everybody come out more comfortably. And sometimes people... Will not want to borrow a huge amount of money if they know they're, they're tying up your funds. Our systems talk to your uh, email me at Tachlis Coaching. I direct you to good sources or talk to your uh, you know, local uh, sources of rabbinic guidance as to how to uh, work out such situations. But the basic starting point is I should remain altruistic in giving this loan. Then, as Rechaim Shmuel Lavitz points out, the Torah continues on and describes. There are situations in which you can take collateral and hold on to the person's garment, even as collateral. And there's some situations in which he or she may be very frustrated that they haven't gotten it back from you when they actually need it, and now they're feeling very distressed. And going with the approach of the Safarna and understanding the text over there, it describes that God says, "I'm going to listen to their cry, ki ani, because I am a chanun, I am a compassionate one." And I deal with them with grace. And Saffarno explains that what's happening over there when God says, I'm going to respond to them, I'm going to respond to their cry, an amazing statement that Saffarno says, I was ready to dull more money out your way. I was ready to give you more. You're showing your generosity. You're lending money to people. You're being a good treasurer of my funds, using money that I've given you to help others out. I was ready to give you more. But when you cause some degree of distress, You didn't give back the collateral to help that person get through the difficult time when they need that object or that coat, whatever it was that you took from them. So then I'm viewing it this way, says God. They shouldn't have needed to turn to me. You were meant to be a good agent of mine. You're meant to represent me in this world and provide them for their needs. You're meant to act godly towards them. There's a degree to which you didn't, even though you started in your right direction over here, you're lending something, but you were restrictive in your lending. You were somewhat controlling and not fully generous. And you, you hold onto objects that they needed as collateral and you made them cry. Well, if they needed to turn to me instead of turning to you, then the excess I was about to dole out to you, I need to now turn instead to them. I was ready to give out more assets to you, I was ready to give you more blessing, but now there are people that need to turn to me because you're not providing them everything and not satisfying their needs. So I need to be turning some of that blessing their way. So as he's describing, what a shame. Here, someone started in the right direction. They're lending the money and they fell short of being fully representative of God. And therefore they fell short of getting the blessing that God was ready to dole out to them. Instead, he needs, to kind of, needs, quote unquote, to use that up, uh, providing for the recipient of the loan who is still in some level of distress. Fascinating essay, which I'm not going to go further into, uh, just the, the overall theme that he continues with is understanding that when we've started doing something good, we trigger a, an outcome that we have the capacity to do even more. And there's no room for mediocrity. Once we start on the right path of doing good, we must follow through and see to it that we do the good fully. If we do so, if we take these messages to heart, if we can recognize that we have the capacity to, when doing acts of kindness, value the recipients of our kindness rather than having a condescending reaction to them. And we can build up this other party, which, by the way, will allow us also to deal with them in a manner that has them feel like a mensch. If in our mind's eye, we view them as regal, noble, godly people, we're gonna probably be treating them in a manner that has them feel that as well. And then we'll be in the right direction to continue on the path of accomplishing this mitzvah properly. Viewing ourselves as animach, I'm not viewing myself as all haughty and elevated because I can be helping you out. I understand that message and I'm also with you in the same box. I am not portraying myself as a demanding personality accept what's necessary to recoup the money, which, which is fully legal. But in any degree, that it's, that's not the purpose. I'm not coming across, portraying myself as the collector and I'm remaining altruistic, not charging the interest. Beyond that, I am doing all that I can to be doing this myself fully and not holding back the collateral, taking back your goods from you in a manner that causes you distress so that God can view me as really functioning in a godlike capacity. And God can view me as doing the full-fledged job, and therefore he can be doling out all that excess blessing that he was hoping to provide to me. To me. And then I can continue to dole out blessing to others as well. Let's try to take these messages to heart, investigate that section, go look in your, in your text at those verses again, in Exodus 22, verses 24 and on. Let's study them, uh, develop the character that they are meant to infuse within ourselves and in so doing we'll build ourselves up we'll build up those around us and together we can all be the type of people who'll be far more likely to achieve our attack